last season on Lawful Stupid. Paul Barrow, you select this memory and you ignore the warning. You watch as your son plummets. You appear in front of that artifact again with Gus across from you. I lost him again. My poor Babo. You had to try, bro. Can you... Can we use it again? Oh, it's got limited uses! Paul, did you ruin this for me? What did you do? Make it work again. Now! The Grand Magus slaps the Cradle of Time off the the table and storms out of the library. Can I go catch it? Yeah, you you can catch it. You're quick. Oh, my God. It's a safety net uh, made by Bellamare and Aya. Um, You can attune to it, and to recharge it, you give it time. Give it to me. Paul Barrow, and you place your hand on the Cradle of Time, and you give yourself to it. You feel the artifact pull at you. You don't remember your wife. You didn't have a son. You didn't have a dad. You didn't have a family. And you look up in the mirror, and Paul Barrow, you have aged 30 years. Paul Barrow falls into the bed and falls into a deep sleep, a well-earned sleep as the artifact whirs and spins. We hear the door handle turn, and we see the image of the Grand Magus. He sees the cradle of time. Finally, he says, and the Grand Magus places his hand on the cradle of time, and there's a green flash. Darling, mm-hmm. you awake in the guest quarters of the Grand Magus's tower. You got a good night's rest, knowing that a decision in the group needs to be made. How will you use the cradle of time? And I think, darling, concerned, um, goes and checks on Paul Barrow first. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you approach the the quarters that Paul Barrow would be in and just give it a rap on the door, you know. No answer. Do you go in? Do you call out? What do you do? Uh, She'll call out first. Um, Then if there's no response, then go to try and open the door. Yeah, what does that sound like when when she calls out to him? Hey, Paul, are you uh, are you all right? You awake? Can I come in? You're decent, right? But you going to Um, you you get no answer. Okay, well I'm coming in, so uh, be ready. Uh, she'll go and open. Yeah, so darling, you open the door, and and the guest quarters looks very similar to the one you stayed in, and uh, you see you see Paul Barrett sleeping in the bed. Um, as you walk in, do you say anything? Do you do anything before you like approach further? Or 
Uh, hey, sleepyhead, get get up. We gotta we got shit to do and things to save and whatever about the world. And uh, there's there's no movement. As you approach Paul Barrow, you notice something is different. He's smaller. He's not this giant form of muscles. He's he's older. This can't be right, though. You just saw him yesterday. But he looks several decades your senior. And he's sleeping, unmoving. She's going to make sure he's alive. Yeah, you feel a pulse. What did you do? She's going to look for the time cradle. Yeah, Darling looks around, um, and there's no evidence of the cradle of time. Just gonna, I guess, search the entire room and then fucking get into the library, because that's where we've all been meeting. And you do. You, um, you search the room, and you don't find the cradle. And when you go into the library... You're the first one there. And that's... That's what Darling remembers after the first use of the Cradle of Time. Darling will have the same experience some of the other kids have and, and with Declan. You come to find out that the Cradle of Time is missing. And Paul Barrow is in a coma. There's a parting of ways. Darling, I think this shattering of this this ill-gotten plan leads you down a path. Tell, Tell me what that path what she's thinking as, as this closeness of her family. Gu- Gus has re- vowed to return to May. Paul Barrow in a coma. And Declan Derringer and the Grand Magus are nowhere to be found. Oh, she's pissed. Um, they just ran off with the cradle. Just They said they were going to do things together and it just didn't happen. So she is going to look into everything she knows that relates to it. Um, she's got to go into the Time Temple, um, even visit um, the portal where all the stones are. She knows they're connected, but not sure how. So I think first she goes to the Time Temple because the the, the window is still set for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got another charge you're able to activate it <clears throat> darling you you find yourself in front of this massive temple and you take for granted the noise of the world the the beating of hearts the whispering of winds but as you stand 
as you step into the realm where the Temple of Time stands, there's a perfect silence where wind doesn't move. You can hear your the blood in your veins pumping as you approach the temple. What is it that Darling's looking for? Anything, everything, an answer. Um, maybe that's where those two numbskulls went. Maybe she'll find more about Cassiel. This place seems to be uh, a catalyst of some sort. She got sent back. So I think Darling enters the Temple of Time, probably on guard, given her last experience here. Oh, certainly. And you go through those same corridors, seeing memories, seeing futures that have happened, that haven't happened yet, seeing past memories that almost feel a little different than you remember them, because the mortal mind is is a wonderful thing. It shields you from pain and it buries memories and, and rose-colored glasses when we look in the past. And some of those, it doesn't mean they're bad. They're just different. Some of your happiest memories fall a little flatter. You find yourself in the center of the maze. You can see the labyrinth sprawled around, and and there's the doorway. On the other end of the doorway, you see Cassiel. You see him in fine clothing, prim and proper, and he almost beckons you through the threshold into the, the inner chamber of the time temple. Yeah, she'll go. Like, oh, that's where you are. When Darlene crosses the threshold, Cassiel's image vanishes, and she finds herself in the the vault, the, the room of relics. Um, and I I assume you pass through just like you did before, and you go to where the cradle of time, or where the time artifact was. Mm-hmm. As you approach this, it's different. There is no artifact at- atop this cradle, or atop this um, pedestal. And leaning against the pedestal in, in a seated position is that Time Lord. And he's breathing heavily. Wounded. That was a big fight. But I won't hurt you any further if you leave me alone. The Time Lord looks up at you and... and <laughs> you think... You think quite highly of yourself. <clears throat> this wasn't you and your 
meddlers time to do this to me. And as, as he's coughing, where you would expect blood, there's this gold and green like mist that's coming out when he's coughing. And you can see these same like particles um, almost evaporating into the air from wounds on his abdomens and his like cuts on his arms. Hmm. Well, not much I can do about time. That shit's already weird as is. Uh, but I don't know. Need like bandages and stuff. I don't know what you. What are. did you do with the cradle? <laughs> She'll like cross her arms. Like, well, my father and the Grand Magus stole it. What? How? How did that happen? You, I, I remember a flash. It's not often that I forget things. Mm. I don't know. I, there was a flash, and I saw my friend, and then I was outside the temple, and no one remembered anything. Just me. And then my brother used it. Uh, then he went to fix it, and then nothing in the morning. So... Uh, he places his his hand on his face and you're an aberration then you shouldn't exist yeah yeah sure well I exist and I'm here so this is us this is our life now and I'm gonna go find it where fucking whoop their butts where is your friend Castiel? Yeah, yes. I don't know. He doesn't answer to, like, show the bracelet. Yeah, that's missing the gem. Yeah, he 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 doesn't answer. Uh, Where did he go? I don't know. I imagine between the weird little ball thing and the cradle thing, he's in that since it sounded like his voice in the cradle. (laughs) I've been doing this for far too long. And you have presented me with an exit. Okay. What? What was your name again, girl? Uh, it's Darling Derringer. <clears throat> I have a proposition for you. <laughs> she put her hands on her hips. I'll look at him. I was like, alright, I'll hear you out. Will you help me solve my problem? There is always a... S- a guardian of time. A time lord. I was... Millennia ago, I was once mortal. But here I stand. 
I want you to take my powers and eventually take my place. Find Cassiel. Restore him. Or we're all doomed. I like she'll tilt her head from one side to the other, like definitely weighing it over since that man just being a keeper of time, that sounds like a big old job and all she's over here trying to do is find her friend. But then it's gonna do well for her patron. She'll let out a big old sigh and just be like, yeah, okay. I I guess I'll do that. He raises up his right arm and, and you can see that it's almost it's almost like it's missing chunks. And it's not it's not gory, it's not bloody, it's just it doesn't exist. Pieces him of him don't exist. And he, he goes um, to do a uh, a warrior's handshake, like the the where they you grab their each other's wrists. Um she would recognize that greeting and try her very damn best to do it, but it's it's very dainty. Yeah. <laughs> so darling and the Time Lord embrace and they shake hands. There's a there's a a moment, darling. Where you're presented with thousands of memories of futures of yours that haven't happened. You're presented with hundreds of thousands of memories in your past that aren't, that never happened. Almost as if they were on a different track. It's almost as if you saw all of what you could be, all of what you would be. But as you struggle to remember all of this information, it falls flat. It's too much. There's a there's a spike of pain in your frontal lobe as the overwhelming burden of time was placed upon you. Yeah, I imagine she would kind of end up falling into the Time Lord at that point. It's like struggling to stay, struggling to like keep it together, but also she's on her own. This isn't easy. And it's it's interesting that you say that, because as Darling collapses forward, the Time Lord's gone. Well, I imagine she starts curling up in a little ball trying to like deal with the pain and just exist in the silence and live through and remember everything. Uh, she's just going to try and keep it all in, try not to cry, try not to scream. What use will that do for anybody?
Every RPG player knows that the scariest final boss isn't Tiamat, Vecna, or Orcus. Why? It's none other than scheduling a game! That foul beast! It's no one's fault they can't make it, Tim. So how do we get a game together that is exciting, fresh, and worth exploring? The answer is plainly... Roleplay Revolution! Roleplay Revolution allows you to generate ready-to-run adventures in minutes. It comes complete with NPCs, monsters, maps, and more. What a hoot! Your adventures can be highly complex for even the most intelligent, or as simple as you require. Isn't that right, Timmy? Roleplay Revolution has powerful tools that let you tweak your adventure after initial creation, so don't worry about all those last-minute great ideas that you come up with. You start by just throwing out some of your favorite themes, movies, games, etc., just to get the juices flowing a bit. Want to mix high fantasy with your favorite RPG title? Go crazy! A mustachioed plumbing brothers in steampunk? You got it. Your imagination is the limitation. Roleplay Revolution allows you to create the game you'd love to run, but just don't have the time to write. To spice it up even more, let's assume that Tim and your other quote-unquote friends are indisposed for a long period of time. Never fear! Roleplay Revolution has an AI-powered DM named Oracle, that's nice, that will never leave and keep its time commitments. Oracle will run the adventures you generate for you. You can run the adventures solo with Oracle or have a GM for you and your friends. It's free to try, but we, Lawful Stupid, hope you'll hear this and go for the annual subscription. If you purchase the annual subscription and use the code LAWFULSTUPID at checkout, you'll get a whopping 20% off the total price. Head on over to RoleplayRev.com and let the games begin. The pain of time and the burden of being its steward. It could have been days. It could have been weeks, maybe even years, the darling spent in that temple. But when she finally emerged, she knew one thing. She had to find Cassiel. Darling, I think you make the decision to go back to the portal at World's End. Oh, looking definitely. for those those gems. It takes it takes a little bit of effort to get there. Um, still burdened by your new found gifts and the weight that that carries upon your mortal body. The one gift you do unlock, and you can put this on your character sheet, darling, no longer ages. She will be forever frozen at this form, at this age, this period in her life. Darling, you're not sure how many years have passed. 
But as you walk through World's End, the home of the Eosborn, the last time you saw it, it was a blaze. It was freshly raised. You see ruins. You see ash. You see you see what can only be described as a as a city that died. Standing tall and proud in the center of the city stands the portal. You walk through the city somberly, solemnly, until you get to the portal. Is there anything you want to do specifically or look for specifically on your way to the portal? Um, I think she's listening for signs of life. See what even exists here. If anything, is there new life or new growth of like plants and things? And probably run her hands through ashes and dust. Um, touch the dirt. Feel feel real for one thing the dirt feels dead it feels dry it feels lifeless hmm well weird thing about time I suppose and she'll walk through the city Investigate all of it. See what's standing, if anything. It was bustling. It was lively at once. And feels like as she walks through the world, it's just very... I feel like there's an emptiness that she's just seeing everywhere. There's a new perspective that Darlene has with her newfound immortality. She can feel it with a juxtaposition against the lifelessness and the end of the Guam capital. I think you ascend the pedestal up to the base where the, uh, the gems were for the portal. The portal uh, is not raging and active, but you do see that... Um, the gems are there interestingly enough somebody has removed two of them and placed them to the side so six gems sit um, or six there's six slots for gems four of which were filled you see the black and white gem the onyx and the um, diamond are have been pulled apart from the uh the anchoring and uh, set to the side. She'll pick up the onyx gem. I'll lift it up into what the moonlight, the twilight. Uh, it's like, hey, you in there? And there's an emptiness, an echoing almost. How easy is it to remove any of the other gems? Very easily. You're able to just 
take them out. Yeah, she'll do that one by one. Investigate, see if anything happens. Listen, like put it up to her ear. Roll me a arcana check. Yeah, sure. Now's the time that D&D Beyond decides to stop working for me. It's all good in the hood. Good old-fashioned dice. That will be a 17 for Darling. Hey, Darling, you pull each of these gems out and hold them up to your ear. Look at them through the light. They... These once brilliant gems, they feel hollow, empty almost. And she'll she'll put them all back in to see if the door opens. Like, does the magic even happen? Otherwise, I'm about to take all these gems and go. <laughs> you, you, darling, one by one, you place these gems back into the pedestal, back into the altar. And as you place the sixth one in, expecting the whirl and the life of the portal to rip into the very air, nothing happens. She mumbles a string of curses under her breath and, like, starts grabbing all the gems and sticking them right into her bag. Just really angry, just like, fucking one. Stuff it. Just end up punching the bottom of the bag a few times. I swear to gods if this was Toddy or Grand Magus, I'd... And she'll, she'll set to leave. Try to find anything else, explore anywhere else. Darling, you, one thing that has been important to you over the past couple of years, maybe, depending on what she does and does not recollect, was finding Cassiel, right? That's something that's very important to her. Yes. Your concept of time is still shattered, to say the least. It could have been months, could have been weeks. But Darling began to do her research. To look for Cassiel, to find traces of him. News of some new fantastical power. And it's after a good period of time, darling, you make you make the conclusion that Cassiel's not on Goron. Well, there's only a few places left, which would be other planes or through the door, and now I'm going to have to figure out how to fix the door if it's the door. Hi. 
Maybe I could figure it out yesterday? No. Today. Today. Could be a few hours. <laughs> sure, sure. Let's figure that out. She's gonna see if she can figure out how to... get the doors working again. And, and she dies. She spends um, more time. Uh, I think maybe you try to work the portal again, but ultimately... You know the stories of the Guardians. You know there are doors. More than one door. Mm-hmm. And darling... You hunt down another door. And you are able to stand in front of it it wasn't destroyed do you open it and go through yes you step through this door and on the other end you find uh, yourself in the corridors the same world that had this strange long hallway with doors with different stained colored glass depicting these these what you could only imagine are stories and and as the door shuts behind you you turn around to see Goron's stained colored glass and it's a depiction of the guardians of Goron it's a depiction of some of the great events of the history, the arcane wars, the the purging of the artifacts, the 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 battle of the gods, the the massacre of the gods. What is going on? And she would like trace her fingers over the massacre of the gods. Why have I missed something? Where's a visage of Aya is depicted atop the bodies of the pillar gods. And then there's a hole where the rest of the story should go. It's it's the only door you've seen like that that is it's a hole. You could put your hand through it. She, she would. She put her hand through it. And then she'd yeah, look down for her. Like, like glass. Um, is there glass on the ground? Is it facing out? Facing no. in? No. And it doesn't look broken. Oh. It's like somebody stopped making stories it's when dead on the uh, you do see uh, what you assume is uh, the depiction of when right the the, mm-hmm. the wood faced character um, symbols with big leafy wings I wonder if there's a writer if it's not when, what is... What is this? <sighs> and, and as she muses these words out loud to herself 
from behind, darling, she hears. You know, I had the same question. She'll turn around. Oh. And sitting before, sitting on the table, uh, with crisscrossed legs, there's an older man with long hair and a big beard. And you, darling, would know that to be Fendel. Aren't you supposed to be dead? Oh, I'm definitely dead. Nah, I knew time would get my madness some point. Oh, well. Uh, nice to meet you, I guess. Kind of a fan. Oh, I promise the pleasure's all in mind. Yeah, I've been rattling around in that head of yours. It's, uh... You got some things in there, dear. Oh, yeah, definitely. When you make a deal with a time lord, I suppose I'm that now. Time mistress. Time uh, lady. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not into titles um, or gender, really, but it's important that you know, darling. You've got a big job to do. Well, it just feels like more and more as I, like, continue on, so... Sure. What what do you have for me? Oh, I have for you what you have for you. More riddles? More questions? Nope. I'm, I'm literally you, dear. You know and don't know everything that will happen and has happened and should happen. The problem is... You're still a baby, as far as time is concerned. Well, uh... Yeah, no, yeah, I am a baby, doesn't it? Uh, but I don't know how to age up. I've just spent time everywhere. Don't worry, dear. And Fendel hops up and stumbles over and puts his gaunt arm around you and says listen there's something about your psyche that really just needs me I guess I'm gonna guide you I'm gonna be what you can't handle okay yeah no I that sounds like an excellent idea cause there's already a lot on my plate and I need some extra hands I think maybe we should explore these doors. That should get rid of some time, shouldn't it? Well, yes. But here's the deal, dear. I know you, you know you. I know you, you know you. It's important that you understand you have to save the world. It's all on you. It's all on me. Uh, yeah. I can at least recruit my brothers. Mm, about that. You know, Paul's not moving at all. Hmm. Then Gus wants nothing to do with this. That said, you two have recruiting to do. Think, think, think. Hmm. 
There's oh, a spike perhaps. of pain at your frontal lobe. Ah, and then she'll like grab her head, like pa- face in both palms. Uh, oh, what recruit the entire world? That sounds impossible. I can. Oh, there's. If I somehow figure out time, I can. I can gather everybody from time. <laughs> uh, or. Mm. Uh, there's Cassiel and his family. That could work. And as 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 this this pain fades, a little darling, you look up and Pendle's gone. But before you, this massive hulking figure. Listen, darling, I don't I don't know a lot about timey wimey things I I do shovels so I know how to dig yourself out of a hole you just keep digging till you get to the other side and you know what you're supposed to do you know the door to go through but I'm just you know I'm gonna give you some advice First of all, your look. My look? Your whole wardrobe. The whole wardrobe. Loincloth. Uh, that'd be indecent. I had to try. There are two individuals that you know. You've seen it, you've felt it, you've already experienced it. You just, and uh, Atlas taps real hard on your forehead. You just can't remember. Well, remembering part's hard. There's so much to sift through. (sighs) I'm gonna need you to go back into that door there. All right, all right, all right. And I'm going to need you to find those two individuals. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go find... Someone. There's another spike of pain. When you look up, Atlas is gone. But... There's another guardian of Goron. And Carter Svon looks at you, and he places a hand on your shoulder, and he says, You can feel it. You know who you need. Go home. Get them. And then come back. And he points. He points to a door. Um. And he says, "Bring them. Go get Cassiel. Save him. 
She'll nod her head. Yes, uh, on it. Thank you. And, uh, you, you turn, and you open the door back to Goron, and there's another spike of pain. Fall right through the door. <laughs> and Carter's Vaughn vanishes, and you hear the voice say, I am Christoph Sindo! And that's where it all fades to black. The scene opens up again. In the heart of the vast city of ships known as the Menagerie, atop a tower that seems to touch the very heavens themselves, we see a wizard clad in blue, armor, shield, and a staff. The Grand Magus, our heroic figure, stands adorned with his armor, adorned with these these symbols of ancient wisdom. In one hand, he holds his staff. In the other, he holds the cradle of time. There's a crowd below that's assembled on the decks of the menagerie. They're enchanted by his his presence. Behold, my friends and fellow seekers of the truth, the cradle of time. He raises he raises the cradle of time high in the air, and it it shines and glistens in in, in the wind. Or not the wind, the the, the very air itself. Mm-hmm. The Grand Magus's voice resounds with warmth and determination, captivating all of those who listen. This wondrous cradle, with its whirring green gears, holds the key to unlocking the secrets of ages past, present, and future. As he speaks, the skies above the menagerie shimmer with the brilliance of the stars, forming a celestial canvas that displays moments lost in history and the possibilities that lie ahead. The city of ships sway gently beneath the wizard's feet, as if in harmony with the magic flowing through him. Finally... I shall mend the broken bonds of time, healing the wounds left by past misfortunes and guiding us towards a brighter future. The Grand Magus declares, his eyes alight with hope, compassion, and fervor. The crowd watches in awe as the cradle of time emits a soft, soothing glow, spreading its magic across the menagerie. The gears within the cradle spin gracefully, symbolizing the interconnectedness of all existence. With the wisdom garnered from this cradle, we shall forge a path towards unity and understanding amongst all beings. The Grand Magus continues, his voice full of conviction. No longer shall we be shackled 
by the mistakes of the past. Instead, we shall embrace the lessons they hold and use them as stepping stones towards greatness. The winds whisper words of encouragement, and the city ships hum in agreement, acknowledging the grand purpose that lies ahead. The cradle of time is not a tool of domination, but a beacon of hope, guided by the benevolence of its wielder. With his sapphire-adorned staff held high, the Grand Magus becomes a beacon of light, channeling the cradle's clockwork energies. The inhabitants of the menagerie witness a momentous event, one where a hero emerges, destined to rewrite the course of history for the betterment of all. A flash of green, a flash of blue fill the air. The Grand Magus watches as time begins its slow and arduous retreat.